And again, ladies and gents, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Amir. With me, I have Chiggs. Hey, hey. I have Mo. How you doing? And we have Paul. Evening, chaps. Evening. So, episode two. Today, we're going to be talking exclusively about free agency. It's It's been a hell of a free agency. A lot has happened, a lot of talking points. Uh, we're going to tackle free agency, well, so far, from the perspective of Dynasty Fantasy Football uh, landing spots and what we think of them, whether it increases, decreases the value. And we're really going to focus on sort of the offensive side of the ball for Dynasty Fantasy Football. Uh, before we start, just want to say uh, or give a shout out to Regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is our introduction music on the podcast. And of course, to Natasha, wife of Chigs, very supportive and gracious wife, letting Chigs host this podcast only weeks after their marriage. So Natasha, on behalf of all of us, again, merci beaucoup. So before we get into specific players and moves, I think we should start with the mailbag questions. Now, these did come in a few days ago, so appreciate a lot has changed in that time. Uh, but we'll address the questions as they go along. Uh, so first question comes from Brian Buckingham. A lot of love for Brian. is a fellow Broncos fan, so go Brian and go Broncos. So he says, in one dynasty league, I'm currently sitting with Cam Newton, Big Ben and Jameis Winston. At the start of last season, I was quite pleased with my impressive QB room. Obviously, that fell apart quickly. Just wondering what's your thoughts on these lads for this season? Is Cam done or can he get back to his best? Is Big Ben's time finally up after that injury? If the Bucks retain Winston, now we know that's very unlikely to happen with the signing of Tom Brady. But so it goes on to say, now he's had his eyes fixed. Can he finally make use of one of the best receiving cores? Well, he won't have Godwin's Ed, uh, Godwin, Edwin's, uh, Evans and Howard, but w- w- we'll see what happens. So I assume, uh, Brian, you're talking about a Superflex league where you thought you had three potential QB1 starters here. So we'll, we'll go through the list one by one. First name mentioned is Cam Newton. I own Cam in one of my Superflex Dynasty leagues, and with all the moves that have happened, I'm <laughs> quite worried, actually, as to whether he's going to get a starting gig somewhere, whether he's going to have to settle for a backup role. But I think, <laughs> Mo, as a Panthers fan, what are your thoughts on cam and what the panthers did in granting him permission so to say to see the trade <laughs> what would we mean uh, yeah he wouldn't put it that way <laughs> before you answer that did, did he ask for the move or uh he did not no um uh from, from everything i've read um he kind of he kind of plotly put it in his uh, little tweet of his where you need a translator i'm not sure what font he uses uh, but essentially um yeah he was kind of kind of pushed out similar to how um olsen was not necessarily pushed out, but um, I mean, I mean, when you have a new, re- you know, regime come in, they, 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 they just, you know, they have, they have, they have a plan for offensive, uh, a plan for the offense. And unfortunately, I mean, I think analysts spoke beforehand, even, even the minute they hired, uh, um, uh, what do you call LSU's uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Brady, right? Trey Brady, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, he, um, his, uh, the, you know, the first, the first thoughts that came to mind is I, I don't believe Cam Newton fits into his offensive scheme, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so I think what well, actually what they did was 
uh, you know, they wanted to get him. They, first things first, you know, I think one thing the organization really does well is care about their players and whatnot. So they wanted him to get him healthy. They wanted to see what he'll do during probably mini camp and on. Unfortunately, uh, this is just, I mean, with the coronavirus and all and unable to get out there, I think, you know, I, I think that kind of that kind of just kind of kind of pressed Panthers the organization to do actually something uh, where they probably didn't intend to do originally, um, but they they knew they had to kind of look around and kind of survey the field for potential QBs. And you know it happens. Brady coached um, uh, Bridgewater down in down in New Orleans there as a QB coach, and um, you know and he you know he essentially fits you know perfectly into the scheme. So you know when they had the opportunity, they essentially jumped on him. And uh, no, I mean, I think I think uh, all of all of Carolina wishes the best for him and whatnot. Um, um, as for whether he's done or not, I mean, I think I, I think I talked to you last year, Amir. I think I think you wanted to trade. Um, you wanted Deshaun Watson for Cam, and uh, I don't know. It wasn't quite straightforward as that. Wasn't but... straightforward, but uh, I wasn't getting much. I tell you that much. I think I had to give up Aaron Jones and Deshaun Watson to oh, acquire behave. Cam Newton and and uh, uh, Mixon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have mixing. Oh no, no, it was a three-team trade. I think I, I think you had um you had the the, the individual that mixing kind of a three-team deal, kind of like I think you were kind of doing what NBA teams do. Uh, you get a couple <laughs> teams involved and kind of kind of rotate players. But um, yeah, no um, un- unfortunately, I think I told you last year that uh, one thing I wasn't certain about before is Liz Frank injury, which you know that injury is pretty serious. I mean, a lot of players, NFL players, have retired because uh, of that injury. Uh, but if anyone can make it back, I think it's Cam. But um, I'm more concerned about his shoulder and the the, whole, the entire fact that he had to th- change up his throwing motion uh, last year. And so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where he goes. I mean, I, I if 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 he starts somewhere, I mean, and like you said, I mean, it's slim pickings right now. And um, the whole travel ban with the NFL, uh, you know, trying. I mean, I, I don't. I don't believe the Panthers uh, have been able to trade him. So he most likely will be released uh, sometime today or. Uh, in the next couple of days, and um, if that's the case, I mean, I mean, you have Washington, kind of challenge Haskins, I believe, maybe Chargers. I mean, what do you guys think? Where else do you see fits for him? I mean, Chargers are going at the moment. Looks like a tie rod, um, and there's a lot of talk about them drafting, you know, either Tua or Herbert in the uh, in the draft this year, which actually would be quite smart. Let them sit behind, you know, tie rod this season maybe even midway through the season, get a starting gig. So I don't really see Cam landing with the Chargers. Um, it, it's an interesting one because, I mean, as as a Broncos fan, quite familiar with sort of the strengths of the Chargers. And, I mean, they've made some impressive moves, particularly on their defense. They're going to have quite yeah. a scary defense next season. But when you look at some of the offensive players as well, they've and uh, we'll, we'll touch on this later, but they've, Signed up Austin Eckler to a long-term deal. A very good running back who sort of fits their scheme, quite dual purpose. And then you've got the likes of Keenan Allen and you've got Mike Williams uh, and Hunter Henry. So they've got a really strong core of receivers. And if I was a Chargers fan, uh, I'm not necessarily saying Cam is the answer, but are you jeopardizing your chances of winning by going with Tyrod under center? Uh, And how soon before you potentially move in somebody like a Herbert you know if you if you draft Herbert so it's a tough one on Cam and as you say a lot a lot of circumstances that are gonna prohibit sort of travel or give him a chance to prove his fitness and any sort of view we take would be a a stab in the dark at the moment Um, 
And in many respects, I think uh, we'll talk about Big Ben, but I think it's the same with James Winston. Now, obviously not injury related as such. We know we had the um, operation on the eyes and there's been a lot of uh, jokes around uh, whether that's going to improve his play, but clearly a talented quarterback. And as a fantasy player, notoriously sort of a, a top 10, top 12 QB, but God, I, I can tell you having had Winston in my teams, it's when you put him out there, you sort of just close your eyes and hope for the best because some days he's going to throw five or six interceptions and get you negative points. And some weeks he's going to get you sort of 40 points or be the QB1. And uh, James isn't the answer. As you say, like when you are starting him in your, in your you know quarterback spot, you, you are praying, you know, that he doesn't have his stinker and he's he's throwing four interceptions in the first, like, five minutes of the game and then it's a miracle he gets back into positive territory. But I, I think the difference between the two, and you need to remember this, is Cam has been the MVP in the league. He's taken his team to the Super Bowl. Like, if there's injury concerns aside, you know, this guy is an elite quarterback, you know. Um, in, in NFL and in fantasy, the only thing is going to be is if he can prove his fitness. Jameis, on the other hand, as you say, is he's got the talent, but he's also you know, makes so many boneheaded mistakes. And he's had five years in the league now. And people said, you know, Bruce Arians, you know, great quarterback, you know, coach, coach you know, what do you do with Carson Palmer and stuff in, in Arizona? The fact that he's now done with Jameis after one season. I'm not sure, you know, he's going to be, you know, he's, he's going to, he's ever going to be that guy, that guy that's going to, a franchise can rely on and build around. Do you think he's that great? He was, he's, I liked him to start with, but he's been so inconsistent the entire time. I think he's another Tannehill, honestly. I mean, if he gets to the right place, you know, backup role and he gets an opportunity and he might, he might do good things. I think he could be good if he had some really good stuff around him. Yeah. Uh, but Well, he had pretty good stuff around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Evans and OJ Howard, right? Like, yeah, that's true. I think the line was a problem there for one, but uh, his decision-making skills aren't, aren't, aren't the best at this point, but nah, we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, I guess dynasty wise, I mean, I would, I would probably take Winston over cam just because of the youth. But, but, but remember there was that play. I think we were, we were all watching it where he's like, he's falling down. He just throws the ball up in the air. Like it's just stupid stuff like that, which, you know, you just can't do, you can't turn the ball over as much as he does and you can't teach that out of someone now as you say from a from a dynasty perspective personally i'll probably be taking the Jameis side of that trade as well because of the the fact that you know as you say he he can land somewhere as a backup maybe even a starter somewhere probably but he has got the youth on his side cam unfortunately is that you know one injury away and he could be out of the league so you know, I think I think if you're sitting on Cam right now, you're not going to get much value from trading him. I think he's very much yeah. a hold, which and, is what I'm doing. I, I, hope, I own him. You know, that he he gets somewhere and he, you know he gets a he gets a shot, and maybe then you can either trade him away to like a, a team in win now mode that needs a quarterback, or he actually helps your team. You know, this season, but. Yeah, uh, one landing spot we've not really discussed, and um, 
it's a very interesting one, but the Patriots, they've not got an early pick, so unless they draft up, they're not getting, or very unlikely that they'll get one of the sort of elite QBs coming out of college in a Burrow, Tua, or Herbert, sort of the more obvious ones. Do you think any of, do you think Belichick could work with somebody like a Jameis, or <laughs> if he'd take a risk on someone like, Belichick likes intelligent players. <laughs> oh, well, Belichick's also an absolute genius. So it might be he takes Jameis, absolutely tanks, and then picks up Trevor Lawrence next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past Belichick. Um, yeah, so I think the rumor mill seems to be that they'll target Andy Dalton. So it'd be interesting to see if anything. Andy Dalton makes more sense. Yeah, I, I think so as well. You know, I I think Andy Dalton's like an underrated play you know like he's he gets a bad rep bear in mind you know he's he's taken the bengals to playoffs number number of times i don't think he's ever gonna take them to that next level but you know as a, as a fill-in guy for a year or two for the, the patriots while they sort of figure out where they're gonna go next i think that's that's a great fit yeah that's i can certainly see a home for andy dalton um particularly with the expectation that the bengals take burrow at number one uh, I mean, Burroughs just looked absolutely phenomenal in college, had a one of the best, if not the best, year in the history of college football. So uh, yeah, it seems very likely that the Bengals go down that route. OK, so we've touched on Cam and Winston in some detail. So the last player in uh, Brian's email is Big Ben. And of course, he had that elbow injury last year. It was first reported as a stinger. And we thought he'd be back after a couple of weeks. But uh, I think it was the next day or within a couple of days, they announced that he's going to miss the whole season. Um, so while it was seen as a sort of freak injury to some extent, Big Ben's up there in age. And be keen to hear your thoughts on Big Ben and whether you think he can be a, a good fantasy asset and, in fact, a good QB in real life. I mean, Big Ben's been old since we've been playing fantasy football, right? <laughs> you know, he's never he's never been the young QB, like, and yet he's still amazing. You know, he puts up great fantasy numbers. Um, you know, Hall of Famer. You you didn't you know if you drafted last year or if you've end up with uh, Big Ben in your team, you've got him there for a reason, you know. And that was you know you're you're in a kind of win now mode and. I, I don't see that being any different this year. You know, he's he's coming back off the injury, but by all the sounds of it, he he's back. You know, he'll be back to sort of full fitness. He's got a good young receiving core there. Um, you know, continuity great coach and Mike Tomlin. I, I can see Big Ben putting up QB one numbers again this year. Yeah, I I think I agree. I concur. He I think he's fine. Um, yeah, he's 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 going to be good. Um, and I mean for. For, was it Mr. Buckingham over here? I would um I would actually look. I mean, if he's if he doesn't have a chance this year, uh, to win his dynasty league, I would actually look to trade Big Ben. You know, mid midway through the season, he's uh, he's going to be golden. He's going to win. He's going to win. Um, he's going to put up points like you said, QB one, I think. Yeah. And I think this way, this is exactly the thing with dynasty, right? We sort of touched on in the last episode, but you know, would anyone trade for Big Ben in a redraft league? No, but in a in a super flex league and someone's going for a championship, yeah, you could probably get. <laughs> you could probably get something decent in return for Big Ben, you know, even if it's a one like a young quarterback or um, rookie picks. 
Yeah, I think Big Ben is one of the more obvious candidates for if you if you own him and you're in a rebuild or you think it's very unlikely that you could win uh, or even make the playoffs, prime candidate to trade away and put it out there on the group chat. Actually try and get a competition going and get people to outbid one another to get him because I think the consensus here is that we think he'll be back. He'll be a good quarterback. He's got a great set of... Um, talent around him you've got juju you've got deanta johnson james washington vance mcdonald is a very good uh, tight end that they've resigned and then in the running game you've got james connor who no missed a lot of time last year but got a lot of talent and then you've got jalen samuel and benny smell uh, benny snell even who uh, proved themselves to be very <laughs> fantasy uh, useful last season so i think big ben will have a lot to play with um if he comes back Okay, so I think um, we we didn't touch on it in the last episode, but you know when you're um, when you are trading in dynasty, uh, especially you know like you you don't. I think people are sometimes too scared to lose a trade. You know, I I think you need to be active though, and you know if there's there's one way if you if you if you're worried about that, put it out to multiple owners and even ask people what, what would they what would they pay for someone. Or you know how are they value and gauge gauge the consensus and it may be that your calibration's way off and actually you're never going to get anything near the value that you seek for him. But don't be afraid to ask multiple owners. You know, I mean, say put it out there and you know say you're willing to trade someone, get as much information back as you can from other people and then make a call from there. You, you're under no obligation to then trade him away if you're not getting the value that you want. I also think this. I also think this comes back to when we were um, talking about having a good commissioner. I, one of the first leagues I played in, every trade I'd check with the commissioner first because I wasn't sure what I was doing. It was quite a complicated setup. I wanted to have a rough idea of what I should be doing, and he gave me some good guidance on it. And even if they were with him, I knew the trades were fair. That's quite an important part to be able to go to someone, and I think that's kind of the role of the commissioner as well. Yeah, and if not the commissioner, then it sort of goes back on one of the keys that we outlined for successful dynasty league, playing with friends. It makes it easier just to reach out to somebody as a sounding board, somebody who you know isn't going to be interested. So if you're if you're a team that's in rebuild and you're looking to trade Big Ben, speak to somebody else who's potentially in a rebuild and knowing that they're not going to be giving their assets to get someone like a Big Ben and just get just get some advice. I think that's always very useful in dynasty trades but but like chigs I, i'm a big proponent of trading i think in most of the leagues i play in i'm probably the most active in trading because you've just got to overcome that fear of potentially losing a trade and in all the trades i make there'll be trades that i win trades that i lose but i think by being active you give yourself a good shot at uh, c- composing the sort of roster that will either give you a chance now or start accumulating picks and taking a chance on upcoming rookie classes. Well, I think the other thing as well is people need to, and this will probably comes with the experience in playing, but realizing, you know, are you a contender or not? And it's, you know, I think everyone's obviously going to talk their team up and think, you know, they've got the best team. And, you know, if this player gets fit and stuff, like you're going to make a run to the playoffs it's quite a hard thing to really sort of analyse your team and go, do I have enough to really, you know, if I do make the playoffs, and I could probably scrape in, 
have I got enough firepower to win it this year? And if not, then maybe you ch- you change tack. You know, you, you, there's no point in like finishing sixth, scraping to the playoffs, and getting knocked out in the first round. You know, you don't achieve anything because you end up with a the sixth or seventh overall pick in the rookie draft. You you might get someone okay, this year. You'll get someone good, but you know, maybe it's actually time to to reload, start trading away some assets, and start building for next year. Um, it's it, it's quite a hard thing to sort of take that view of your team and dismantle it, even though, you know, you might be on the cusp of the playoffs. So Amir, you know, was a great example last year in, um, in our league where, you know, he had, he had a team that probably would have made the playoffs, but he, he had the view that he probably didn't have just what it took to overcome some of the, the two, or top th- two, two or three teams in the league. Yeah. And I made that assessment early. I, I could see that even though I had a winning record or I was on the cusp of the playoffs, I just looked at the scores and I thought I'm not regularly getting into those top three, top four scores. And I made the assessment early that, especially with Mahomes being out and being quite hurt by that at the time, plus having Cam out all season, I was quite thin at QB. So I ended up trading away Travis Kelsey and got quite a haul for him um, at the time and still arguably now is the tight end one. But I thought, Nope, I'm going to rule out this season and just try and keep the core of my team, but uh, accumulate picks. So as I said, I've now got four firsts, uh, two or three seconds, and then a few picks elsewhere. So I ended up trading away Travis Kelsey. I traded away Terry McLaurin, who appreciates young player, but Washington, truth be told, sort of scared me. And there's no necessarily right or wrong way, but I think it is good to be honest with yourself and try not to get too deluded by what you see on your team actually compare your team to others in the league and uh, that's why I'm looking forward to the draft now to see how it pays off this year uh, with with those six um, top 18 sort of picks in the draft okay we've got another question here so it's another super flex question and it comes from Byron Watkins uh, big Browns fan uh, so he says, hey, guys, how important do you feel it is to get hold of the backup for questionable starting QBs in two QB leagues? E.g., and again, this is slightly outdated, but it says E.g. Bridgewater with Trubisky or last season Tannehill for Mariota. Not talking backups for Mahomes or Rogers. Should I try and get backups for Carr and Newton going into this season, for example? So again, this question came a few days ago, so we know Cam is either getting released or maybe getting traded. Car situation is interesting because Mariota's now gone there to back up um, at the Raiders, so puts a bit of heat on Derek Carr. But well, it's, it's funny because it's the um, it's almost the flip of what happened last year, right? <laughs> where Tannehill yeah. backed up Mariota and then ended up winning the starting job. You know, yeah. you, you quite conceivably see. Mariota starting in like week seven for for the Raiders, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll go first. My my take is that in a superflex league, now appreciate factors such as roster size and how many players you can have on the bench and scoring settings. But I think if you've got relatively deep rosters, and in particular in six points per touchdown leagues, I think all backups should be owned. Um, so, you know, you're talking 32 starting jobs um, and 32 backups, 64. It's about an average of 
five quarterbacks, five and a half quarterbacks per league. I don't think that's unreasonable when you're dealing with rosters of about 30 players uh, or sometimes even more uh, or more through the IR process. So I, th- I think with the value of quarterbacks in Superflex League, um, my view is that I think all the backups should be owned. Now, sometimes you get likes of Mariota who absolutely hit the ground running and become great fantasy assets. And I think he was a top five player in fantasy when he did play. On the other hand, you get Mason Rudolph, who was an absolutely awful um, <laughs> fantasy quarterback last season. But it'd be interesting to get your views. Mo, what are your views on backup QBs in Dynasty? Um, I think in, in our league, uh, I was actually... I was actually trying quite hard to get backups. Um, I, I know with Minchu and Foles, I was, I was kind of aiming at the person who had, uh, with Sid, who had um, uh, Foles. Um, I, I don't think it's a necessity. I, I, if you, I mean, I was always thin at QB, so I, I, I kind of had to do that. I think, it's, I think it's always a plus side, but definitely don't overpay for a backup. Uh, I mean, he is a backup, so, I mean, if you can get decent value from him. Uh, I mean, I, I would definitely, I would definitely get grab him. And I think you kind of, I don't, uh, I don't know if you've mentioned here or was a personal conversation, but in a in a dynasty league, I think all backups should be taken by someone. Should be, should be off the waiver wire. And I know in our league that was not the case originally uh, to start with. Um, and at, at the same time, like you say, I mean, it's you got to kind of balance that with the rookie or some young running backs that have a future. But uh, I think we saw this year. I mean, how many backups started this year? I don't have that statistic in front of me, but I mean. There would have been quite a few, right? Yeah. yeah don't forget, Mahomes was injured for a bit. Obviously, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, Steelers. Uh, Kyle Allen, Panthers. Panthers. You know, I think Kyle Allen's like a great example, right? I think, um, Ame, you had him in in one of, in our league, right? And you managed to trade him away uh, for Debo Samuel, I think. Yeah, that, that was a, a great haul. And it was just the timing was perfect because Debo didn't look like he was going to be part of the... Um, the sort of plan for year one. So I got really sort of lucky with that and still get constantly reminded by the owner who traded him away to me. But I think uh, you got a third as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. But it just shows the value of quarterbacks and starting QBs. Well, I mean, it's the most scarce position in Superflex, right? Like like I said, in a 12-team league, theoretically, you're starting 24 QBs each week. (laughs) Then there's injuries, there's uh, bye weeks, there's poor play. You know, quarterbacks are hard to get. So, you know, you, you should always be looking to try and pick up quarterbacks if you can get them cheap and, and stash them. You know, obviously not too many, but you want to stash a few <laughs> backups that may end up playing. And look, you may have Mahomes and um, Lamar Jackson as your two starting QBs. So you, you think, well, I'm, I'm sorted there. These other guys that are backups and may get like a Gardner Minshew, you could probably trade away now, you know, for, for decent value to pick up new picks, new players. So just because you're already loaded at a position, you, should, you shouldn't preclude you from trying to get value from that position with other players. Here's a question, though. If you take too many quarterbacks, if your league isn't deep enough, you can leave yourself short at other positions, which is actually something I did last time. I had a lot oh, of yeah. quarterbacks and ended up being a little bit too... I just about had one or two to two more players and I needed each week to start. And as soon as I had any injury or by weeks that didn't fit, it became problematic for me. 
But the thing with that is, is that you should then be looking to trade those QBs away to QB needy teams, right? Like, you 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 can't start five QBs, so yeah, I was... trade one of them away for like a yeah. good. You could probably get you know like a running like a top tier running back for a Josh Allen right now, right? Someone that's going to make your team into a contender. Josh Allen will probably be sitting on your bench. You've got Baker Mayfield already. You know, I mean, you know. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Paul, uh, we'll have a sidebar here later. <laughs> I, I think I think I did reach out to Paul a couple of times for a QB. He's, he's, he does have his QBs. See, he's got a lot of QB ones, though. Uh, and I think everyone else was kind of stuck with the QB, like the backups and stuff. Yeah. Or, sorry, not QB ones, but he, he has a lot of uh, uh, starting QBs. And um, yeah, he's flush with them. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I just think you just have to trade on Paul. <laughs> I mean, get a good price. You've got oh. Baker, Wentz, Garoppolo... Uh, Josh, Josh Allen and one other one, right? Yeah, I have. I can't remember the last one is. But yeah, so there, there's five five QBs there. Like, you could definitely be you could be definitely getting value from them. That's where the trading aspect comes in. And but you know, remember, quarterbacks are the most valuable commodity in the superflex league. No matter what people say, if you look at, if you look at the rookie draft, you know, theoretically, the first three picks this year in in a rookie draft would go borrow to a Herbert. And there's even talk about Jordan Love going fourth overall in a, in a rookie draft. You know, it's obviously team dependent and need dependent, but that's the only way you're going to get a quarterback is by getting an early pick. That shows you how valuable they are. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of quarterbacks, then let's touch on some of the moves that have happened in free agency and just what our thoughts are from a dynasty perspective. So I think the most blockbuster... It's hard to disagree that it was Tom Brady, 20 seasons with the Patriots, and he now looks like he's set for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, with, with that comes actually one of the best receiving duos in the league. He's got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, and OJ Howard also as a tight end. A lot of rumors that the Bucks could get some of these other wide receivers. There's rumors about Antonio Brown, there's rumors about players like Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, but I think the Bucks are going to give Brady a good chance at uh, making a success of it. So what are your thoughts on Brady going to the Bucks? As a Bucks fan, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got, did you guys see those application forms out there of, of becoming a Bucks fan? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Oh, it's pretty funny. I think if you're an OJ Howard fan, who's generally been quite uh frustrated probably quite excited that tom brady's coming into town so it's not necessarily just about brady but it's also said the players around and what that means for them uh i mean as a chris godwin fan uh, sorry owner and fan uh, i'm very excited about brady throwing to him in the slot i mean chris godwin was an absolute machine last year with james under center but i think brady does like the um the slot receiver is um uh, is Cameron is Brait still there? Cameron Brait is yep. Oh and okay, so like a, oh man, like a six-year deal, didn't he? Yeah, so, okay. Well, that's that that whole. I mean, I don't. know. I mean, like, I think Tom Brady's going to have a great great year. Uh, receiving wise, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think like you said, Godwin. You have um, OJ. You have Brait. I mean, they're going to do. They're probably going to run something similar to the two tight end sets they have up in New England. And I mean, he can throw to anybody, and they'll all catch it. Yeah. 
So how do we feel then if you're a Mike Evans owner? Because Brady's not necessarily known a to have sort of the deep ball, but also always pick on a wide receiver one. So it's an interesting dichotomy with Mike Evans and anyone who owns him. I'm I'm honestly just staying away from there because I I don't know who he's going to pick. I think um, dynasty wise, I think you're fine with any of them. I would be happy with all of them, but. I mean, I don't think you're going to have that consistent production from every player on a weekly basis. I think it's just going to be a, it's going to be based on game matchups and whatnot. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think I mean I think they're all do well, but they're going to, they're all I don't I don't see any consistent production by any any of them. Okay, certainly interesting times ahead in Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians. I think we all agree is a great coach, so it's uh, intriguing to see how they fare with Brady. Okay, next one up is uh, Philip Rivers, who's agreed on a one-year deal with the Colts. I think some of his own players in the Colts. What are your views on that move from L.A. to uh, Indy? Uh, Rivers, uh, you know, uh, I think it's I, it's definitely upgrade for the Colts, but honestly, I think I think Rivers is done. I mean. You watch you watch him last year, and uh, I mean he was just. Uh, I, I mean I, I I didn't like the way he was playing, honestly. Um, I, I don't. I, I think he's done in a year or two. Personally, I think I think Rivers may give him a Rivers Rivers does give Indy a chance to possibly make a push for uh, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, but it depends on what type of Rivers we get. Do we get Rivers of old, or I mean what I saw last year? Um, I'm not a fan. I mean he's still an upgrade on Jacoby Brissett, right? I mean. I, I love Bill Rivers. I, I think he's he's very underrated. He's he's a brilliant quarterback. You know, you see, age. He's, he's a gunslinger, right? He's going to turn the ball over, but he's also he also wins you games. And I think you know, going to Indy where they've got a great O line as well. Um, a I lot think that's going to make there. a big difference. Yeah, yeah have, having yeah, an O line all... that will protect him, give him time. It'll, it'll give him a lot more uh, sort of options there. I know they've uh, signed up Jack Doyle. So I'm sure as if people own Jack Doyle, they're probably quite interested. I think the another interesting one to look at is Naheem Hines. So Phil Rivers utilized likes of Eckler a lot in the short passing game on screen plays, that kind of thing. So, you know, Naheem Hines has never really been that consistent running back. It'd be interesting to see how he fares with uh, Rivers under center. Yeah, I I do like the line upgrade. I forgot about the old line. Um, he should. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, he's the rivers of the old. Okay, so one close to your heart, then Mo uh, Teddy Bridgewater. How are um, you feeling? A as a um, Panthers fan and B as a dynasty player. I um I actually like it. I I I think he fits the offensive scheme perfectly. I mean, if you have CMC, you're gonna do well. I mean, you're gonna do well as a QB. Um, as long as you don't turn over the ball, and I think Bridgewater did a very good job last year with New Orleans on uh, on uh, actually, you know, you know, making sure he didn't turn over. I mean, that was that was the biggest issue last year. Our QBs just constantly kept turning over the ball, and that's why they didn't put up great fantasy numbers. I mean, I know you got decent value for Allen, but um, you know, they, they were just inconsistent. I think Bridgewater does kind of bring a nice consistent base to QB. I was originally thinking we were gonna tank for Trevor, honestly, and I would have been on board with that. Uh, but it uh, looks like we're kind of doing like a semi rebuild, and I think he'll fit in well. Honestly, I think I I, I want to say he's an upgrade to to the current Cam. 
<laughs> not the Cam of old, because uh, I mean, again, Cam's proven himself. Uh, Bridgewater's yet to prove himself, but I, I honestly think. I mean, this guy's was it? When, when did the Vikings draft him? And definitely first round, right? I think uh, I think so. Yeah, he was um, out of Louisville, right? Um, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what pick? I mean, he was he was he was an early first round, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he he was good as well. Like I, yeah. I, I really liked Teddy Bridgewater, and you know, you think sitting there behind Drew Brees as well for like a few years, like he's obviously learned a lot. He was only just first round, pick thirty-two. Nah, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a, all right, maybe we got a little kind of Baltimore situation here. Similar turnout here. I think if I own CMC, I'm licking my lips at just those dump offs and screen plays. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that that Bridgewater is going to give. I, I also think, um, I mean, when he when he did take over from Drew Brees, he continued that vein of targeting the wide receiver one. So I think if you're a DJ Moore owner, it's probably good news. Um, I, I know he had a good season last year, but fairly inconsistent with the quarterback play that you had in Carolina. So I think it's a decent move, as you say, not too long-term committed. I think he's got about two years worth of guarantees. So you can ride it out this year, see how he does. And then next year, if you're not a good team, try and get one of the uh, QBs like Trevor or Justin Fields coming out of college next season. Uh, I agree. I, I, I think it was a good move. It wasn't, it wasn't, as, it wasn't that expensive. I think that was perfect. Okay, so next one I'd like to talk about then is um, it's a bit of a surprising one, but Nick Foles to the Bears. Now, I appreciate he's now back with Matt Nagy, and I'm sure we've all seen the uh, video references to the the Philly special and having Trey Burton and Nick Foles back in the same team. They've also signed uh, Jimmy Graham, I believe, at the Bears. So. Hmm. Do you think that's the end for Mitch as the starter? You 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 got to think so, right? I mean, it was it was a terrible terrible move to get him in the first place, trading up to second overall. I think it was <laughs> to take him, passing on to Sean Watson and Pat Mahomes in that draft. Well, they they massively overpaid for for a guy you know with limited college production. I think it's proven that you know he's shown he's not an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, you can rely on. I think Nick Foles. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a great quarterback, but you know, he's 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 taken a team to the Super Bowl and he and he's and he's won it. He's Super Bowl MVP. So he's delivered on the biggest stage. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know if, who would you, who would you say like out of those two would you be starting on day one? Well, I think on one of our chats, I said it's. They've now got Tweedledee and Tweedledum, right? Oh, that's so right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not particularly excited about either of them. But the Bears did strengthen their defense. I think they got Robert Quinn from the Cowboys. So they've got a scary defense. And yeah, but, but their defense was always, you know, their defense last year was great, right? And it's basically the reason two years ago they kind of, their defense was great and Trubisky just didn't basically shit the bed, right? Like last year he absolutely did. He regressed to... Trubisky of old, but you you know honestly, I, I, if I if I recall, I thought Mitch got a little better towards the end of the season. He kind he kind of showed you know signs of why they actually drafted drafted him. So, I mean I uh, I mean I'm I'm I think he had the, one game where he threw five TDs, I believe. But correct. 
I, I do recall that game, but I think if you're a Bears fan, you, you're not looking at Mitch as the starter, and he probably has to work as a backup and prove himself. And this is what his last year of his rookie contract, so he, he may end up in it, or will he have one more year? But you know, he, he may end up in a situation like. Winston and Mariota are in where he may have to settle for a backup job and try and prove himself um, yeah. as backup either at the Bears or elsewhere. Okay, I think we've covered QBs in some detail. There are a few other moves, nothing too exciting. You've got backup moves for the likes of Keenum and Mariota who may get an opportunity, but uh, time will tell. I, th- I think we have to address the biggest most this, shocking this for me maybe the worst trade i've ever seen but <laughs> uh deandre hopkins so let's start with wide receivers deandre hopkins being traded to the cardinals for a half-eaten sandwich and a pack of crisps i think was uh, it? uh a ham sandwich <laughs> sir ham and it's sandwich. stale the sandwich is stale it's uh yeah was it essentially as a second round i think it's the 40th overall pick this year they they got essentially for Hopkins, right? Yeah, plus DJ, um, who's actually on a bigger contract than Hopkins, I believe. Now, I appreciate Hopkins Correct. is going to demand a contract up there with likes of Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper, etc. But still, you've got one of the best, some may argue, the best receiver like, in the yeah, game. For me, the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, now I know he is. Did you guys um, see the article of uh, what uh, him, uh, Hopkins, and uh, Bill O'Brien's relationship, of what he basically compared him to? Uh, right. Bill O'Brien, uh, to Aaron Hernandez? Bill O'Brien compared DeAndre Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, like it just has, Which just part? based on a first, based on a, based on his personality, just because he has a ton of baby mamas. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, he, he basically, he's basically Bill taking O'Brien a jab at his. Fired. Like, yeah. just. I mean the te- I mean Amy, you've got friends, you know, a lot of Texans, right, fans. Just they must be crying. Like what like to get rid of like you say an elite elite talent in DeAndre Hopkins and replace him essentially with David Johnson, who who, you know, I really like, but you know, that contract he's on, you could see Arizona were trying to dump him, like you've just taken on a bloated contract for an aging running back and got rid of a elite wide receiver in his prime could, and could a receiver who had a great great uh chemistry with deshaun watson yeah that's that's the strangest thing i mean look at what they're left with now you've got kenny stills you've got will fuller who are both uh suspect injury and then they picked up randall cobb for i think three years at 27 million i mean but... they, they, they got that, that again it's sort of like three years 27 mil for randall cobb Oh, it's terrible. Bill O'Brien is just shocking. They'll, they'll, they'll probably use their second on a, on a wide receiver or possibly even their first. They don't what? have a first. They don't have a first. Oh, that's this right. Year Tunsil. Or next year. They traded yeah, the Tunsil, right? And they've got that's to pay right. him as well. That's, right. so, that's right. So here's the thing as well. If you if you want to compare some deals, right? So you look at the value they got for Hopkins, and you can argue, well, you know, he was going to try and get a new deal and stuff. Pay the guy, like work it out with him, restructure his con. You know, you see what Julio does every year with with the Falcons, right? Like, you find a way to keep your best players. Yep. And plus, and with O'Brien the... shouldn't be like should you should never have a head coach who's also the GM. Like, it just doesn't work. Yep. No. Also, 
Adam Gase at the Jets. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a look stupid at that, move compared to the so value that. Um, I mean, if you look at it from a from a, um, a fantasy football and dynasty perspective, you know, Kyler Murray. You know, a lot of people are talking him up. You know, as one of their top five QBs going into this season from a dynasty perspective. You know, showed great great stuff as a as a rookie. He's, he's got that. Um, running rushing ability as well which gives him a really nice floor and you know he, he throws the ball well as well even for a short guy and now he's got an elite talent to throw to as well as he's still got Larry Fitzgerald um Christian Kirk you know Hakeem Butler's due to come back from IR Andy Isabella so they've got a lot of weapons um and then obviously Kenyon Drake um, which we'll probably come to in a bit on the running back section but Cardinals have got a lot of weapons now, so you know Kyler Murray's sort of stars pointing uh, straight up. Um, whereas I think Deshaun Watson's gone the other way. You know, as you say, like who's who's he going to throw to now? Yeah, the very very um, questionable move to put it nicely. But that combined with the new CBA and the cap space going up for teams, he could have easily negotiated a new contract for Hopkins. I know he's on a team friendly deal now, but to give an extra four to five mil a season isn't unachievable or wouldn't have been unachievable. So yeah, so I've got a lot of friends in Houston, a big group of friends who are Texans fans and the general consensus is that Bill O'Brien is a moron. So um, <laughs> let, less said about that, the better. Uh, a few well, other I mean, free agency well, moves. I mean, so just just oh, on. on that, would would you take Deshaun Watson? Um, I think he was going in second or third round of dynasty startups last year. You know, would you still be taking him in that range, or you know, is he sort of sliding now? But no, as in Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson, who are you taking if you're starting up a dynasty draft today? It's it's a good question because their values have definitely gone in polar opposite directions. I think I still favor Watson for the talent. Um, we saw even in the playoffs some of the stuff that he did, scrambled and freed up time and whatever. And now he's actually got a very, very, if he can stay fit, then a competent running back as well. Um, so we'll see how that works out with DJ. But the gap has narrowed, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you wouldn't have thought it's close between Kyler and um, and Deshaun, but I think I still edge Deshaun Watson. But uh, as I said, the gap has certainly narrowed. I, I concur. I mean, pure standpoint, by far he's uh, he's the better talent. But the weapons wise, oh man, and the air raid offense, it uh, yeah, it's tough. I know, I know we can say this about any team, but look, Texans were up quite significantly against the Chiefs and should have really seen that through. So, you know, you're talking about another team that could have uh, hypothetically been in the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, they were very close. They were very close. Okay, a couple other moves then at wide receivers we'll just touch on. Uh, Stephon Diggs traded to the Bills. Thought the Vikings got a, a pretty good price for him, but not grossly unfair. I mean, I'm a Diggs owner in a league that we're in. I think it's a slight improvement, but ultimately both teams are run-first setup. With the Bills, Josh Allen actually does a lot of the rushing and takes a lot of the points away. But in doing so, you can see the 
risk that he puts his body under. So maybe they're looking to try and keep him more under center, not put his body at risk and have those potential season ending injuries. I, I don't I don't know what to make of Diggs. I mean, I really like him as a player. You know, I think his talent is phenomenal, but I I, I think it's a bit of a downgrade going from the Vikings to the Bills. You know, Josh Allen's a good fantasy QB because of his rushing ability. I don't think the guy's ever thrown for more than 270 yards in a single game. You know, they are a run-first offense. You know, he gets a lot of the sort of goal line work you know, in the red zone you know he's looking for sort of um you know he's the one trying to run the ball into the end zone i'm not sure Diggs is going to be you know get the same sort of numbers he do you could have got under cousins in um in minnesota you know but at the same time then you know he was competing with Thielen as well for for targets over there so maybe you know, he's the number one guy in that offense. It, it, it's it's a it's a hard one to sort of call for me in terms of fantasy. My gut yeah, is it's a bit of a downgrade. As a Diggs owner, I think it's a slight upgrade personally, just because I think the Bills do throw it a bit more. But uh, it's certainly not a move I was jumping for joy at, thinking, right, you know, we've onto a winner here. That's the perfect move or anything. But again, time will tell. Uh, John Brown had a pretty good season with Josh Allen under center. So if nothing else, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm happy because they've got a very, very good receiver. And now they've got three pretty good receivers, two who are great on the outside, and then one in Cole Beasley, who's yeah. a very, very good slot receiver. And then, you know, Dev, um, Singletary really showed, showed up towards the back end and had a good game in the playoffs that uh, they should have and could have won but uh jury's out and time will tell uh, i think i think the one thing it it does improve josh allen's you know i think a lot of people are saying go get him a you know a good receiver to throw to you know they're talking about like t higgins in the draft you know they may still go and well, actually i think they gave up the first didn't they but you know they i think they wanted a, a big sort of big receiver for him to throw to because he's not the most accurate quarterback so you know, I think it definitely helps Josh Allen's fantasy value as well, having you know the top tier talent in digs to throw to. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, last couple of then, not necessarily trades, but transactions to touch on. Uh, so AJ Green was uh, franchise tagged uh, at the Bengals. I think that's a smart move by the Bengals. I mean, AJ Green will get decent money for the year, fully guaranteed. And if you're a somebody who's got Joe Burrow incoming and quite possibly starting from week one, you'll have a decent receiving core there. You've got um, Tyler Boyd, who had a good season last year, but arguably was more reliable when AJ Green was around the year before. So sort of being the number two rather than the number one. Of course, you've got AJ Green, who's a phenomenal receiver when healthy. And then you've got the likes of Auden Tate, who had a good season and showed up last year so if you're a Bengals fan or ben somebody Ross, you know deep uh, deep threat uh, yeah true Joe Mixon you know is good good catching the ball out of the backfield as well um, you know I, 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 I think the Bengals there's a lot to like about them as a team you know you showed at the back end of last season some you know some flashes of stuff got a good coach in uh, Zach Taylor you know from the Sean McVeigh 
coaching tree. Um, you know, <laughs> so I think I think from an offense, you know, I think is good for if you're assuming they take Joe Burrow first overall, you know, with the season he had. Good for him having, you know, an and you know, potential Hall of Famer wide receiver and AJ Green just there, you know, he's been there, done it, experience, the talent. It makes it easier for a young quarterback to throw to a to a guy like AJ Green. It's, it's, it is, they say, it's a very smart move. Yeah, it could be proven wrong, but you'd think that with all the deficiencies at the Bengals, they're probably not a playoff team next year. But if nothing else, it gives the quarterback confidence in having a a good core of receivers uh, but they do they do need to do a good job of protecting him because that o-line was amongst the worst you in the league that, but their um their first round pick last year was an offensive lineman and he was injured for, for the entire yeah that's season. right preseason but, you're right yeah so you know they got him to come back but yeah no they, they do need to protect him but i'm sure they'll address that in in free agency or in the draft yeah true so yeah i think it's smart move by the bengals uh, uh to, to retain aj green whether it's the last season or he does end up signing something longer, time will tell. And, and then finally, and AJ Green's that kind of guy we talked about, you know, aging receiver. Where, you know, if you've got him on your team, you're going to be looking to trade. If you're if you're not in a win now mode, he's exactly the kind of guy you're looking to get some kind of value for. Maybe it's a, a mid to late second, um, you know, to a team that's in the in in the hunt. You know, he try try and get some value for him and. You know, reload that pick next year into what is going to be probably quite a stacked wide receiver class. Completely agree. Another prime target to try and trade away if you're not a win now team. Uh, okay, last transaction then. Amari Cooper re-signed on a big deal with the Cowboys. I think it was uh, almost a given that it was going to happen. It was just intriguing as to how they were going to manage it with the various contracts that needed to be signed so any comments on cooper staying with the cowboys and being dax number one target i mean just needed to be done i mean uh uh my question actually yeah i mean that was going to happen i think you know he's proven himself there in dallas uh mm-hmm. the, you know there, there weren't any other big receivers in the market and you know they already ha- he already has his familiarity with um dak and all but uh, my question is who would you prefer on your dynasty team, Cooper or Diggs? I'd I'd have to say Cooper, uh, and I say that really. <laughs> this begrudging- is, are you sure? <laughs> I, I say that really begrudgingly because he's a player who I drafted in almost every year when he was with the Raiders, and he just let me down so often that there were so many I, games I, where he'll drop like zero. But I think he's thrown a few like zero burgers up, right? Like he's just. You can't. You couldn't trust him, but I, th- I think in in Dallas he's obviously better offense, better OC, you know, uh, better yeah. in Dak. I think you know he, he's shown some of the games he's put up where he's just two hundred odd yards, you know, three touchdowns. I mean, absolute monster performances. Like it's a good fit for him there. I would be interesting think- to see how they work with um, Mike McCarthy as well yeah. as the head coach. Um, so yeah, I think with with Diggs not going into a drastically improved situation, uh, I'd, I'd I'd still say Cooper. But yeah, still be taking Cooper over Diggs in in a startup. But I think what I find interesting is 
yeah, they they didn't pay Dak when they franchise tagged him, and they and they paid Cooper. Yeah, I don't know how Dak's going to take that. (laughs) It's a bold move because, in theory, Dak can leave next season, or they're going to have to pay him to refranchise him, like Redskins did with Kirk Cousins. I think. Mm -hmm. Next year's number will be close to, if not more than 40 million, you know. So while 33 is still one of the higher numbers for this season, if they want to keep him and franchise him next year, you're looking at 40 mil. So he's going to get big money next year. And he was was asking for something around the region of 35 a year, wasn't he, Dak? I think so, yeah. So it's it's a bold move by them um, to franchise Dak and sign Cooper to a long-term deal. But I I think from a fantasy perspective, you know, next year should be more of the same. You know, keeping Kellen Moore, I think, on play-calling duty. Um, You know, the the offense looked good last year. Mike McCarthy's, you know, a good coach. Well, you saw his record there with, you know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, what they did year in, year out. Um, When they got on. (laughs) <laughs> well, but this is the thing. Like, they might not have got on, but from a from a fantasy fantasy perspective, Aaron Rodgers was, you know, the the number one QB of that that era, right? No, it's true. It's true. It's going to be very interesting to see how Mike McCarthy does. I mean, he spent a year away from the game, and I'd say in that time, just the sort of makeup of your uh, a lot of teams' offenses and the role of the QB has changed quite a lot. We've moved to a lot more of these mobile quarterbacks who, and, you know, a lot more of the utilization of the run-pass option. Um, I don't know if that's really in McCarthy's sort of playbook, but it does suit Dak's skills quite well. He's a very competent rusher. And, and if you've ever owned him in fantasy, you'll see that he's got a lot of uh, rushing points across the season. And it also helps, you know, their, their O-line's obviously always been very, like, elite. And you've got Zeke as well, like, you know, a very, very well-balanced offense. So so what you're saying is uh, Super Bowl uh, 2020. Is that is that what you're saying uh, over here? <laughs> bit, bit far-fetched, but... Uh, I, I think it's... I think it's... A, it's, a, it's, it's actually a claim that all Dallas Cowboys fans say every beginning of the year. This is our year, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Like Liverpool fans. Uh, um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I think. Two uh, games, uh, man. Two games for Liverpool. Yeah. Bloody Corona. Did, did um, you watch that? Think... Uh, did you watch that rant by John Oliver? No. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's pretty funny. And in fact, just remembered uh, there's one wide receiver uh, free agency move that we didn't discuss, and that was Emmanuel Sanders to the New Orleans Saints. Paul, what's your thoughts on Sanders to the Saints? I think it's gonna be a really helpful pickup for him. You know they did. They they need. They're going to make a big. They've got a big, a lot of weapons now, a, across every part of the field. They are. They've got a lot of old players with them. Really, I mean they've got Kamara, but they have got some, some depth in veterans, and they do seem to be pretty much in a win now mood. Yeah, and I think Sanders was pretty good when he was at the Forty ers You know, he's very reliable target for a team that relied on their defense and the running game. I thought Sanders had a sneaky good season and looks like they're giving Breeze the weapons that he could need to finally try and win the second Super Bowl. I think we well, definitely helped Sam Fran get there, right? Yeah. I think that's what New Orleans probably lacked was that number two receiver other than Michael Thomas 
Um, you know, Traquan Smith sort of flashed, but didn't really sort of put it all together. Um, I think yeah, the likes of Keith Kirkwood and whoever else. You know, nobody really sort of picked up the mantle. Ted Ginn was, you, yeah. you know, what Ted Ginn is now. He's a, a home run sort of guy, and even that didn't quite pan out. You know, so you've added like good level of experience. You know, I think Sanders has played in multiple Super Bowls. Um, you know, as you say, he was very good when he, you know, joined the 49ers um, midway through last season as well. So, you know, as you say, Drew Brees probably coming to the last year or two of his career. They've been so close. Maybe that's the kind of receiver they need to sort of just put them over the edge. How much of his deal was guaranteed? He's got two year contract, right? It's a good question. I'm not sure, but usually with these veteran deals, it's just over a year that's guaranteed, isn't it? So it's effectively like a season signing with a bit at the end. Yeah, a bit of an option after. Yeah, but nothing I, I, is a wise I move. He ended up there, actually. I, th- I thought he'd end up at the Cowboys. I was going to say, what do you think that um, that does for, say, obviously Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara's like fantasy value of Thomas leader and receiving um, record last year, you know, he's obviously going to eat into his targets. Kamara obviously relies heavily on his sort of um, pass-catching ability at the backfield as well. It's funny. I do think it weakens both of them a little bit, It's particularly in PPR. I think it strengthens the team, but I think it probably weakens them both a little bit from a PPR perspective. Yeah. What, what, uh, what position does he play normally? Is it the slot? Yeah, he'll be in yeah. the slot. So he'll affect likely. both of them. But he yeah. can play outside as well. So he can, yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas, you know, what he did last year, you don't break a receiving record on a whim, but then it is also hard to replicate that. So you'd expect a little bit of regression for uh, Thomas anyway. But there's a reason he's called Can't Guard Mike, right? Because he's just an excellent and elusive uh, receiver. Well, Manuel Sanders is good enough where it's going to make it harder where they can't they can't have two on him. I don't mean Sanders. They can't they can't have two on um Thomas and yeah. leave Sanders open and Kamara. You know, it's it's going to make them a lot harder team to defend. I think it makes them all a lot less appealing. I think the the appealing thing about Michael Thomas was he was the receiver you wanted on the on the Saints. You know where you are with Kamara. You you know where you are with those players. Now it splits it a little bit. Big win for Breeze, though. Whoever's got Breeze. But the thing is, well, the deal makes sense for, for everyone. Right? I think it's, it makes sense for the Saints. It's a reasonable amount of money, but, you know, it's not ludicrous. If you think, like, we, I know we talked about the Texans and, you know, the moves they're making and stuff, but you know, if you look at the Randall Cobb deal as well compared to Sanders, it's just very strange. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers must be a little bit irritated because they gave a third and a fourth, I believe, you know, to get him from the Broncos. It wasn't a cheap move oh, really? by any means. Yeah, I think it was a third and a fourth. Uh, I remember as a Broncos fan thinking, OK, we're losing a, a legend, but we've got a lot back in exchange. Yeah, uh, just for, for one year, receiver. too. Well, I mean, yeah. that, was, that was them making a run at the Super Bowl, right? It's, yeah. You know, it's and like we got talked there. about in, in Dynasty, you know, you when a team's kind of in that win-now mode, they might overpay a little bit. So, you know, good parallels there with the NFL and uh, Dynasty League football. Nice segue. And now with the additional first that they've got from the Colts, um, I think pick 13, pick 12, something like that, you'd 
you'd probably expect 49ers to target one of these elite receivers that early. Um, so they've got they've got two firsts, I guess. They've got their own one, which will be pick 31, and then they've got the Colts one. So um, definitely see them targeting one of these elite receivers in what's looking like quite a stacked receiver class this year. I think that's also the fact, if you look at it, there's still a lot of um, unsigned uh, free agent wide receivers as well um, yet to land. And I think maybe teams are probably targeting the draft to pick up some of this young talent that, you know, is, is arguably one of the best receiving classes in a while. So who else is still out there? I would have said Sanders was sort of the top of what was left, actually. We've still got, I think, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, um, yeah. Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. Yeah, Robbie Anderson comes with some off-field issues, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. No, it's true. They're probably the type of players, as you say, who'll have to wait post-draft and see what landing spots are still available and then try and cash in. Antonio yeah. Brown. Catch your boy, uh, uh, Josh Gordon, too. Hey, now they're, they're legalising uh, weed, right? He's um, yeah, that's... coming back. <laughs> it's what he's been waiting for his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was um, uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think we've covered a lot in this episode, so I would propose let's pause here and we'll cover running backs and tight ends in our next episode. Um, very... Uh, very much to discuss particularly with running backs on the next episode uh, so thanks again everyone for listening please continue to send your questions to fumble recovery pod at gmail.com and we'll look to address those in our mailbag section but uh, for this episode uh, i'm amir signing off and uh, catch you all soon sounds good take care see you later guys uh, for me guys <laughs>